0: All right, y'all, so it's Edward from Spiel 2017. Happy to be joined today by a couple of guys that I'm really excited about what you guys are creating. So I'm here at the Phalanx booth with uh, Jaro Andruskovich. Thank you. Uh, the One of the founders of Phalanx, nice as well as the designer extraordinaire, Mark Simonich. Des- Hi, Edward. Yeah. Hello. Uh, designer of uh, the upcoming uh, third edition Right? 20th year anniversary. All right, of of Hannibal Rome versus Carthage.
1: All right, so. Very nice to meet you, it's good to see you. Finally, face to face. Seriously, you and I (laughs) contacted
0: each other back and forth. And I'm excited to be here with Mark as well, because he's a celebrity. Yeah, Yeah, he is a celebrity. He doesn't want to admit it, though. (laughs) (laughs) He he rejects every time. So first off, the obvious question is, how did this come to be? How did you guys decide, hey, let's get and
2: make this game happen? Do you want to cover this? Why don't you cover it? (laughs) I'll start by saying it started about 10 years ago when you contacted me by email.
1: Yeah, um, uh, I've been a big fan of Hannibal since it was first published by Avalon Hill. Uh, it took me a while to understand the idea behind it. I, I first thought, "What a childish game it is, with just few cardboard stands moving around." It took me a while to understand the, the depth, the depth to of, the, appreciate of the design. It, to appreciate yeah. it, and uh, when I did, my dream became: uh, I want to publish this game first. Originally, I wanted this publish in Polish, but uh, yeah, and, and then Mark was. Keen, his first answer 10 years ago was, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but then realized the, the rights, were the copyrights were still with Avalon Hill. So there was whole the, the uh, legal story behind it. You know, the Avalon, was, Avalon rights were bought by Hasbro and uh, you were trying to send an email to Hasbro. It was bounced off, bounced back. You couldn't get an answer. And then when we finally came to understanding what we want to do with Hannibal, Valley Games managed to get the rights themselves. So I was out of the business, <laughs> yes. and I waited for ten years uh, for the next turn of that fortune wheel to come to the right spot. And, uh, and you were ready for yeah, it when it did. years ago, it was two years. Two years ago, over two years ago, when yeah, yeah. I wrote back to yeah, back to Mark. Uh, I was the day I was very much depressed. I said, "I need, I need to check what's up with Mark. Is he willing to do this again?" And, uh, and the answer came very quickly, like within five minutes. And he said, yes, let's do it. Nice, oh. so Mark, Mark's responsive via email, apparently, huh? Absolutely. That <laughs> day, that day, that was a big day for me. And uh, what made me very happy, because uh, during all those years, Hannibal made it to my number one game. And uh, wow. even my attempts at design uh, were toward that in a way because I, I, I thought I'm never going to be doing something like Hannibal so it's not worth the effort. I can't meet that. I can't match this. Uh, that, that's quite the
0: pedestal he's putting in the game. That, on. No pressure, Mark. No, 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 no pressure. No. That, that's, that's
1: my that's my perception right, and I'm yeah, not pushing yeah. anyone no, 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 to no, anything. I'm just telling my own private story with this uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that it's a personal... There is a personal history behind it. How, because I think you, maybe someone is interested in how it happened. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right? No, so no,
0: I, and it's it's cool that something as simple as you being just basically a fan of Mark's game and, hey, wow, I would like to modernize that and bring this to the uh, modern you know, I, market. I think
1: the whole idea for the gay, co- gay company was based on, in a way, Hannibal triggered this. because. When we first heard that we cannot have the game because of the rights issue, we found, okay, so what do we do instead? And we were doing things instead for like a few years and grew as a company during that time, have been successful publishers of many other titles, which I think helped us, uh, that experience that we've gathered to to be able to publish Hannibal the way we really want to. It was not, it's not a cheap production, there is a lot of thought behind it. There is a lot of players' material. There is new scenarios. There is new uh, miniatures. Well, plus Hamilcar itself, right? And there right? is Hamilcar on the other side of the board. So I think it is sometimes you just need time to get to certain places. And that is the story behind the game. It, just, it, it, it seems that period was needed for us to mature and um, to be able to... You know, to carry that weight. So a blessing in disguise. Like everything it, happens for a reason. In the right, right time, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the right moment, and in the right. Yeah, and uh, it also it is connected with my personal history because uh, the time when, uh, when we got the license for Hannibal, uh, for Hannibal uh, I used to work at a at a company in London, um, and I and my boy was born with a disability, and I wanted to be on a flexible. Uh, hours, but the company wasn't willing to do it, and then the license came in, and I thought, okay, so that's that's the light in the tunnel. So I just quit, and I concentrate on publishing the games. That's something that's so close to my heart, and I, I really think I'm good at it. Uh, so it helped me to make an important life decision uh, and decide to, to be on my own, and uh, it's also. Paying back to my family because I can spend more, more time with my children now. So it's all it's as, I, as you just said.
0: I can relate a whole lot to that story, actually. Yeah. That you know, with regarding the podcast and everything else. So that's that's amazing. That's you know, really that, really cool. I think
1: that, that was actually, if you look at my my um, uh, exposé kind of or uh, presentation of the concept when I'm talking about it at BGG two years ago, uh, my heart, you know, my voice is trembling because. That was so many emotions in it
2: so yeah and yarrow deserves most of the most of the credit for bringing this game up to the standard it is now oh
1: thank you I mark mean, i mean
2: all these beautiful components now and uh miniatures that's all yarrow so okay ha- uh,
0: let's talk about that because there there's been i don't want to say controvert but there's been they're they're divisive some people really really like them some people really really don't yeah, uh, yeah. prefer the standees etc cetera. Et yeah. et cetera. How did the idea of okay, let's do miniatures, come to play? Uh,
1: You know, I think I think the the war games are no worse than any other games. Actually, in many cases they They are are better. I I value them a bit a notch higher than other ones because uh, they they used to tell a story, and I think as a side as as a digression. Uh, antiquity is especially uh, interesting because it's, it is it is putting you in the shoes of a non-existing combatants. They're not existing anymore. they are not Carthaginians. No, can ha- no one can really have a direct link to Carthaginians. Right. Uh, and there are no Romans left. Well, in Rome, there are right, some, yeah, 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 yeah. but, but they're not even Romans <laughs> in, right, in, right, in that right, sense. Right? Right, they're sure. not Latin anymore. Right. Uh, so this is these a bit of a fantasy setting in a way because those guys don't exist anymore. We only know that they did which helps to remove the, uh, that strong national connection. So you don't you play anybody that has a meaning nowadays. There right, are no right. Nazis in a way. There is no, you know, you're not in a... It's not recent position. history. There yeah, is yeah, no yeah, yeah. current right. link to this. Right. So you can be removed from this and you can enjoy the game rather than pol- be involved in a, on a political level, right? You don't have likes and dislikes. In a way. Right. Uh, and I thought, okay, so that's a great subject. And I was observing the market and I thought, okay, so there are many, many successful Kickstarters for fantasy worlds. And uh, the reason I value uh, historical games rather than fantasy is in fantasy game, uh, anything may happen. So if I tell you that my soldier is wearing an armor that is undefeatable. undefeatable the next, on the next page of that book you may have a, a, a laser that is piercing that armor without any explanation, because, because, so. Okay. Right? So that's not a criticism of fantasy games, that's just my mindset, that I like to, to create something based on facts, rather than just perceptions,
2: or... But getting back to the uh, miniatures question. Yeah! <laughs> because I can go forever we, like that. We've also included... Uh, regular stand-ups, just regular counters for the generals. So you have a op- three options of how you want. You, you don't need to play with the miniatures. That is right, that exactly. Is, uh, that's actually,
1: yeah, yeah. The, that's how we answer the, the call from the... from The, the uh, traditional war gamers yeah, that yeah, aren't also, big into the yeah, plastic we or, used, or into we the used miniatures. To listen. The idea of Phalanx is we listen to our customers. And uh, if, you, if you think about a community, the call from the community was, okay, some of us don't like the miniatures. So we said uh, okay. So we'll have the counters, uh, but we also would like to have stats. Okay, so we'll also have stats.
0: Uh, so uh, everybody's happy. So everybody's no, However, happy you want to play, it, you ho- can ho- however play however we it wanted. We wanted
1: minis because that I believe all that all that introduction was leading to the place where if if the minis are helping people to get into games because they're attractive, they are 3D. Uh, they. they that might be an entry gate that'll be there will be an invitation, okay. Look right. at the minis, they are cool, they are great. Do you want to try a game with them? Yes, let's try a game with them because I'm attract I'm attracted by them. Not just. So that. that was the reason we wanted minis in the first place. And then it
0: maybe they get interested in the history and yes. reading books, and that which is was... exactly how it works for me. So, yeah, yeah, that, everybody. Okay, I'm big into the ancients and I've read about this stuff. Now I can actually play yeah. it out, or it can work. In the opposite wow I played this wow this is actual history let me find out more about the actual history of what it is that we're modeling in some abstract kind of way
1: yeah. also we wanted minis the lo- that we wanted them large because we want them to be appealing we want them to be uh, distinctive we wanted them the size of a chess chess figures rather than the minis which would be could be used to any other uh, for any other reason like uh, they were quite they were they were, they were pleased for Uh, Make them in a scale 172 or 27. 27 millimeter, right? Because we want them for a primary use first, and the primary use was to have them in a game, and uh, we think the game is good enough uh, to have their own minis, you know, rather than something that is multi-use. Because I think it's better to have the stuff dedicated to one use because it serves the purpose better.
2: Okay, that makes sense. And by the way, the the rules did not change in this edition. We did add a few new rules, but it's still the same game. Okay, well, and that that's where I wanted to go next. So can you give
0: a brief overview uh, for those that are unfamiliar with what Hannibal is? Yeah. And also talk about the excitingness that is his
2: dad. He is Hannibal. <laughs> Hannibal is a car-driven war game where... You play one card, and that decides what you're going to do. And you usually lay a control marker or move a general. And so it's it's a single action, and then it goes to the other player, and he does his single action. And uh, it goes back and forth. Uh, Hannibal tries to cross the Alps and invade Italy. And Riding
0: elephants, I must I must remind taking folks, elephants, yes, yeah. yes.
2: and. Uh, the Rome struggles to keep Hannibal from Rome for a few years until Scipio Africanus arrives, which can o- almost match uh, Hannibal, and uh, and that's goes from there.
0: So okay, so from there, how did Hamilcar come to be? Because Hamilcar I'll, I'll... was this. Was this fabled expansion standalone yeah. game that for, was for, always for, first, out there?
1: You know, uh, I'll, I'll just be, before before we go to Hamilcar, I thought um, I'll just add a bit, a few words about oh, Hannibal yeah, yeah, because I, to summarize what Mark said and uh, add a bit more of a dimension because uh, he was very technical with that ex- explanation, and I would like a bit of a flavor. I think please, this is more 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 <laughs> more uh, political game actually than military game because. The the whole goal of the game is to to gain uh, more, uh, to gain supremacy within that region, the Mediterranean, uh, and you do it in a very Clausewitzian way. So the war is just a tool in the hand of a politician. That is a tool that you use, so you only move the armies where you want to exhort political presence. If you can do it any other means, then you will do it first, and all the other means rather than moving an army, because moving an army is an expensive exercise that costs Our a lot of resources. Yeah, sure. That the, the men will be dying. The, the you know the combat units will be removed. And, uh, so if you can do it without employing an army, you will do it without an army. Uh, and I think that the the brilliancy of this design is actually this is following the the understanding of war. As a politics uh, executed with a different with, with a different means to the last resort, in a way, because if there is another way to do it without a war, you will do it without a war. It's cheaper. It's, you don't it, to lose more the effective, manpower. Than, yeah, you know, it's yeah, more yeah. friendly way sure. to <laughs> exert influence rather than with your military men. Yeah. Right. So I think the brilliancy of the design, what Mark did, was catching this idea uh, of of a conflict being run on a different levels or layers if you want. And Hamilcar, uh, which was who was family, Hannibal's father, is fought on a different map. We had to rework the map. And it's so the board is on the, the side of the board. Yep, the the yep. board is double sided. You flip the board to the other side, you see the Hamilcar. And uh, and we had to basically make another game. Because we were when we when we were trying to fit it into the original Hannibal map, we've learned that the map does not work the the, the purpose. Because the map is showing the places which Hamilcar probably didn't even know about. Because Hannibal, when you think about it, Hannibal took the route over the Alps. The reason for it was we couldn't go over the sea. And he couldn't go over the sea because the, the Phoenicians, the Carthaginians, didn't have a fleet. And they didn't have a fleet because Hamilcar, during Hamilcar times, his father times, they've lost the fleet to the Romans. And they've lost the fleet to the Romans because they lost the war to the Romans. And the war, to the, they've lost the role to the Romans because the Romans beat the fleet, which they didn't have in the first place. So, Hamilcar is telling the story of uh, Carthaginians who enjoy supremacy overseas, and the Romans, who basically landlocked on the peninsula. Yeah, they were not sailors, they had, yes. They had. They were not sailors, and they had hardly any ships. So, it's this, this telling the story of Romans who need to... Understand the logic of uh, naval operations, so they can subdue Carthaginians, and that is that is what we're trying to put into the design. And so it's a completely it
0: it feels like Hannibal, but it very much is its own entity. Yes, yes,
1: yes. and uh, and on the on the other side you have, and it's very asymmetric, so players play different games on the same board because. Romans are kind of united, they have a, a clear goal, while Carthaginians are like fending off some barbarian invaders because they felt superior. They were the masters of the Mediterranean, they were trading, they, they had connections, they were, you know, like superior in, in many ways. The Romans were like newcomers, like they were, um, in a way, challenging Carthaginians. The Carthaginians weren't even paying much of attention, like, oh, we just need a couple of ships, they can't even sail. L- L- like, peons like, don't even, yeah, a, a, a nuisance we'll, at yeah, the time. They're yeah, a yeah. they're a nuisance. they like, yes. oh, they came to Sicily. Oh, really? Like, you wouldn't, remember the Carthaginian line was, you wouldn't even put your hands in the sea, because we won't let you. Because <laughs> they own, they own they, the Mediterranean. They, they own yes. the Mediterranean, yeah, yeah. they knew inside out. They, they were actually going behind the, the Pillars of Hercules of the time already, they were discovering. Africa and now the Romans who are the Romans right? right. So this is telling the story of a Roman uh, And the Romans were very persistent You know that during, as they are want to be yeah, back then. Yes, they were very persistent. They fielded large armies and you know it also that period was um, There was very interesting many very very interesting events happening, you know if you know that in during Hannibal times there was the battle of Cannae where they Romans lost 80,000 people in one day. Yep. But not many people know that during Hamilcar times, Romans lost more during one day in a storm of Sicily. They've lost over 130,000 men in one storm. That was substantial percentage of Roman male population lost in one storm because they didn't know how to save. It, right, basically, yep. Right? So we were trying to bring all that emotion, all the decisions, into the design. So, uh, Mark, what?
0: why did you create it? What was the impetus, what was the... For what, Hannibal? Yeah, for um, Hannibal to begin with.
2: When I arrived at Avalon Hill in 97, uh, they had just published We the People by Mark Herman, and I was just amazed by that design. And because so, that was the first CDG. That was the very first CDG, correct. And. Uh, so I was inspired by that to make another one, and Mark Herman gave me the go-ahead for a Hannibal idea, and I just went from there. And that game, I usually work two to three years on a game, uh, but that one took me only about four to six months. It just came, everything came so quickly. Wow. It's probably the easiest game I've ever did, and it turned out to be my most popular.
1: Uh, so, uh, I call it a stroke of genius. Right, you know? Apparently it's, it was, it
0: becomes that quick. Yeah. So how did, uh, so from that, where did Hamilcar come from?
2: That's all, that was Yarrow's idea, um, to add that to the third edition, so, but there'd been other first Punic War scenarios out there, so we took from those, and we're inspired by those, so.
0: So and is, are you, do you have any specific affinity to that period of history, or is it just, Hey, I have an idea, and this fits. I mean, you said that Mark Herman helped inspire it, but
2: I, when I did Hannibal, I didn't know anything about uh, Hannibal.
0: That's ambitious. So I
2: just jumped in, read as many books as I could, and then started designing. And that's usually how I do a game. I'll get, I'll say, I want to learn about that battle or that campaign, and maybe do a game. And so I read the books, and then, I, and then I do the design.
0: Wow, that's, that's really cool. So how long did it take uh, between uh, the two of you for Hamilcar to come from, hey, I have this idea, there are these scenarios out here, why don't we formalize this and actually about make year? it right, another a game?
1: Year. Yeah. Uh, when we go to license, uh, I've looked at what, at what stage Hamilcar was, and uh, it's bitter to say, but I wasn't really happy with what was in the box at the time, because we didn't want to offer just another scenario, played on the same map. Uh, we 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 had like a three month discussion on the naval system. We I probably had like twenty different systems of, of, for naval naval uh, combat and naval movements, and uh, and it was all going in circles. We couldn't find a way out. And then I look at the Successors, the other brilliant gaz- designer, my Mark, and I said, "Hey, listen, we should just draw from there. This is your legacy. Let's introduce the, the brilliant design of naval combat that we have naval system that we had in Successors. Let's." use it as a departure point for Hamilcar, because Hamilcar must be a naval game. Right, because, so that, again, that was the largest the challenge. Right. We didn't want the Hamilcar to wander off into the, in the goal because that would be a, a historical, so we've limited, we've limited the theater, and we've pushed more of a thinking into naval combat, naval system. We introduced the ships, uh, the way to govern them, the way to fight the
2: battles. The importance of Sicily. Yeah, and the
1: importance of Sicily, which was redrawn. So uh, most of the map stays the same. Rest of the map actually stays the same, but the Sicily has been redrawn, added two more, sp- two or three more. Oh, spaces. A few more spaces, I think. Yeah, uh, and a couple of fortified towns, wall cities as well. Um, so yeah, um, that that was, I think, the biggest challenge to to kind of depart from Hannibal, forget Hannibal for a while, because uh, the the longer we stayed within Hannibal. Sandbox. It limited it. your it, it ability limited to our think ability outside to the, think the box, think it. yep. yep uh, yeah. So the moment we say farewell to Hannibal, I think that was this, the moment that we were happy with where we're we heading with Card.
0: So you drew from the successors, and then once you had that kind of the, the concepts there, how did you guys then be able to bring it back to Hannibal to be able to, again, keep it at its own game, but
1: still give it that feel? to where it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think what helps sometimes is to have a frame. Because, you know, limits sometimes help you, surprisingly. Because then tell you there is a border you can't cross, so you need to think within the borders, right? If I, so the, the moment we drew the map, I said, okay, so these are the limits and we need to work within them. Uh, otherwise, we'll be again moving in circles. So, uh, the moment we said, okay, we want to limit the campaign to the historical area, area sure. helped us to say, okay, so now we have less spaces, so we have more tents a game. Every, every space that is uh, flipped from one front side to the other has a more meaning. So, it became a tense, more tents a game uh, with less uh, land battles and more naval battles. And and also side decisions because uh, you spend operational operation polls in many more different ways than you do in Hannibal. We had to have more of a political dimension to the conflict than it was in a, in in in, a, in the original Hannibal.
2: Yes, because there's only really one main theater, Sicily, and then the navy aspect. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah exactly. You can, you can, the Romans remember? Romans were in Africa for a short period. And the Carthaginians wandered to southern Italy a couple of times with nothing like a real campaign. So we couldn't allow to have large battles fought in a very
2: unhistorical way. We could have, but that would be a
1: departure from where we really wanted to be. More like refighting or uh, looking at a conflict through the eyes of the contemporaries rather than having a fantasy scenario. And I gotta say, so we've been here for a couple of days. We've been able to look at the board
0: and look at the components and everything, and the production quality looks fantastic. Oh, thank Thank you. you It Looks really, really good.
2: They did a a great job. They really did. So, okay. So,
0: time frame that we're looking at. So here we are. What towards the end of October. So where are we?
1: Uh, We are at the end. Uh, The game will ship in December in Europe, and will be in uh, January in the States. Okay. All right. And then it's going to be. So they can take it as a as a a uh, very uh, serious promise, like 90% pro- approximation. Okay, right?
0: obviously life happens, I get yeah, that. Yeah, things but... happen. But so you're uh, looking
1: that... at January for the US, for the US de- and December
0: and for December overseas? December yeah. Okay. Um, is that going to be, ma- I know that's for the Kickstarter backers, but also for distribution as well?
1: Yes, uh, we, we took a strategy that any item that we've published will be available to anyone who wants to purchase. Uh, the difference is that the uh, Kickstarter backers will get, will get most, most of the stuff already uh, within the package. So they get two expansions uh, for free within the package, and they will be sold separately in the retail. You know, we've, you have plenty of strategy for Kickstarter, we took that way, Sure. Uh, the, the life will tell us if that is the right approach or shall we change it in future, and who knows? You,
0: and much like how Hannibal got, uh, you know, you had a 10-year hiatus on that, you learn that way, just like on Kickstarter, you get an opportunity yes, to learn, to I learn. mean, it's like, Yeah, yeah, that's nobody's life. perfect. And, uh, exactly. We've
1: also learned a lot on the, on the campaign. Uh, the Kickstarter, we had a great interaction with people. Thank you very much for all, all, all one, everyone who's listening. That was a great experience, very uplifting. Good, Go
2: <laughs> all right. Thanks for your interest, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, so now I realize even though this is not out yet, you're always looking at what's coming next, what's on the horizon, so on and so forth. So,
2: what can we, what can we, I mean? Uh, perhaps in about a year, I'm working on a game called Caesar Rome versus Gaul which is very similar to Hannibal and Successors.
0: And, and similar in the mechanics and just a different theater, different time period, yes. different...
2: Basically the same mechanics, but a different
0: period. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool.
1: Yeah, and uh, so um, I'm, I'm hoping to be involved in and in, in Caesar. We had a great session yesterday with Mark. Uh, and it's
0: actually set up on the table yeah, right here, the, I early had, prototype. I, had a, I had
1: a few crazy ideas in the morning today when I woke up. So. I, I, I will talk to Mark about it. He didn't even he didn't hear. <laughs> uh, uh, we will, uh, we will we'll see where we go with this. Uh, when it comes to Phalanx, however, the, our next project online is Ubot, the board game. Uh, I think you've seen it before, and you may cover it in the next part of your <laughs> podcast. Uh, but that's just that—that uh, that is the next step for the, for the company. Okay.
0: All right. Cool. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this excited. is good. I'm, I'm <laughs> looking forward. I, I mean, it's very cool that here we are, all the way in, you know, the middle of Germany, come all the way to meet Mark, fellow American, all the way over here. And yeah, really big fan. I'm really excited about the game and, I'll be honest. I'm excited to see what else is uh, coming
2: from both oh, of we're y'all. We're looking for thank for towards
1: Many years of fruitful cooperation between all of present here and with you guys from Head Cardboard yeah, and was from great Mark. It to and meet and you
2: guys too, was, and w- we appreciate what you guys that.
1: Yeah, well, thank yeah, yeah. you very much. That means a lot, Mark. And thank and you for coming. And it's, you're doing a great job, and we. You know, we'll be looking forward to to work with you in future. Uh, We actually need you guys. We just, (laughs) you don't go anyway. We need you. So thank you. Thank you, Yaro.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate you all taking the time because this is insanity. I'll let you get back to work. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care. All the best. Bye.